0: One thing that is probably not on anyone's Christmas wish list this year is COVID. But with the season for mixing and mingling upon us, it could be harder and harder to avoid first or second time round. Earlier this month, health officials warned summer cases could peak at more than 11,000 a day with 100 hospitalizations each day too. And that would be similar to July numbers during the second wave of Omicron. So to help you avoid a Christmas COVID, we are joined by Otago University epidemiologist, Professor Michael Baker. Kia ora. Kia ora. Lisa. Thank you for joining us. The questions are coming thick and fast so let's see how many we can get through um, and just give us a shout if they're not your area of expertise. Okay Christmas means a lot of socialising people are asking Christmas work party haven't been for a couple of years should I go this year? Is it safe?
1: You definitely should go because I think it's so important to socialise, uh, get you know, reconnect with your workmates and, and enjoy uh, the festive season and so on. So I think that's really important. The, the the big issue is trying to do it as safely as possible.
0: And so what's your recommendation then in terms of well, safety? What do you need to do?
1: Sure. Well, I think the main thing is to talk with those who are organising the party and make sure that they're, they're aware of ventilation. And I think one of the things is to try and shift these events um, outdoors as much as possible to covered areas with as good airflow, and there are lots of venues that have those sort of uh, settings. I mean, that's the first thing, and then you can feel much more comfortable knowing that your risk is, is reduced. Now, if it's if it's going to be um, a long evening with lots of people, and people, of course, are going to be eating and drinking, and they're going to take their masks yes. off. Yes. So this is where, uh, if it's a big event everyone can get a rat test before they go. And that just gives you a lot more reassurance that uh, you're not going to have infectious people there or you're less likely to have infectious people there. So I think it should be made very clear that that's an expectation in those situations.
0: If you were hosting a party, Professor, would you say on the invite, please have a rat test before you turn up?
1: Yeah, well, I've actually had that experience recently for my wife's birthday, and we said you must get a rat test before you come. And there were 100-plus people in a well ventilated hall, and I don't, as far as I know, no one got infected in that event.
0: You mentioned food because that's the other follow up here finger food and punch bowls, you know, the whole sharing thing. Your thoughts?
1: No. Uh, not a problem. This is a respiratory virus, it's spread by aerosols. As far as I know, there are no documented cases that have occurred from contaminated surfaces and it's remarkable early on in the pandemic we were so worried about these surfaces and it was in the end hygiene theater that we were sterilizing everything in sight and it was unnecessary for this virus it's good for other things other stopping other infections but not this virus
0: So we've learnt a bit more. Now, uh, someone has got in touch saying they're just recovering from their second COVID infection and they've had four vaccinations as an over 60, they say. How soon are you at risk again of infection, they're wondering.
1: Well, unfortunately, you're at risk quite soon, uh, even within a month. So you have to start taking precautions very soon after you've recovered from an infection to avoid getting reinfected.
0: Gosh, that's depressing. So even though they've had it twice, um, is that the 30 days thing, Professor? Within 30 days, you should be really taking all the full precautions like your mask and what have you.
1: Yeah, that's right. And there are people who've been infected in less than 30 days. So, uh, but you, you have got obviously more antibodies uh, after you've had an infection. But the way to get antibodies is from vaccinations and boosters, not from getting the virus if you can avoid it.
0: Okay, someone else, uh, MJ says, if you still test positive after seven days isolating and you've been, had Paxlovid, um, can you still transmit the virus if you are still testing positive, you, you had the Paxlovid, you've done your seven days isolation, but you're still getting the two lines, are you still potentially going to be a person who's spreading it?
1: Yeah, you know, you are still infectious if you're testing positive to a rat test. And that's one of the valuable features of that test. It's picking up, um, you know, modest levels of virus. You actually need quite a bit of virus there for it to register a positive test. So generally it correlates quite well if you're being infectious.
0: So should you then stay home longer if you're still returning the positive test? That's right. And
1: you remember with this virus, the original isolation period was two weeks. Ten days is um is pretty good. You haven't you you probably don't have virus left after ten days. But at seven days, you know, a quarter of people are still excreting the virus. At five days it's sixty percent or more. So we can't shorten this period too much.
0: OK, so um, is it worth, you mentioned vaccinations, and there's a couple of questions around this. Is it worth getting another shot if you're eligible for a booster? It's confusing when people talk about new strains not being covered. What is the best advice?
1: Yeah, look, get any booster you can and that you're eligible for. It will give you a lot of protection. At the moment, we still have a quarter of New Zealanders who are eligible for their third dose or their first booster who haven't had it. And when you get into that fourth dose, the second booster, over 50% of people who are eligible are missing out on this. So, this is a, a big gap that is really avoidable at the moment.
0: Okay, and another one from someone who has had COVID as well. Two weeks ago, tested positive for COVID, um, had three days of fever, they said, aching joints, sore throat, and headaches. That all sounds quite what everybody seems to get. Isolated for eight days, they said. Feeling okay now, fine. But they're obviously, well, super-duper athletic. They're training for coast-to-coast race in mid-February, 10th race. They're wondering about how soon's too soon to going back to exercising. I imagine that's pretty hardcore exercising as well.
1: Yes, well, uh, I think everyone knows the the advice is to take it easy. And certainly uh, people are saying... Um, wait from at least two weeks from the onset of your symptoms to start gentle exercising again. And of course, if you still have symptoms, you want to really take it easy and not get back into exercising until you're feeling like it. And then again, just build up in a slow way.
0: This one sort of follows on. Emma's got in touch to say, is COVID infection accumulative? The more times you get it, the more likely you will you are to get long COVID. Emma is asking, do we know anything about that?
1: Look, I think the starting point at the moment is that every time you get infected and reinfected, it has a similar uh, effects. In other words, you're going to get, um, you're going to be ill. Uh, you you run the risk of serious illness and also long COVID each time. It's not something that where the risk drops, the risk doesn't necessarily increase hugely. Uh, over time, we might get a better sense of this. The good news is that vaccination decreases all of those risks, including long COVID, and also antivirals now, de- we know, decrease your risk, your risk of all these outcomes, negative outcomes, including long COVID.
0: I know you touched on this when you were mentioning immunity, but this is a a specific question be good to get you to address. Our household has had someone in isolation for on and off for three months with a second wave of COVID infections. If one of us gets it again, is it better to try and spread it to everyone and get isolation over as a group?
1: No, Uh, basically you don't want to get this infection even once and you certainly don't want to get it over and over again because each time you have these negative consequences.
0: Uh, And this, what would you say to people, because there seems to be some talk about, who simply say they're not going to test no matter how bad they feel because they don't want to be stuck at home during the holiday season?
1: Well, you can guess what I'm going to say about that. I mean, that is very irresponsible behaviour. One, if you don't want to test, you still have to isolate for at least a week. Uh, If you test negative, but you've got very uh, likely symptoms, particularly if you have a history of contact with other cases, assume you have this virus and don't go out um, and infect your workmates and don't go to social events. You know, no one will thank you for that.
0: Travel's going to be a big thing, so over this period of the year, and people are asking about that, air travel in particular, um, saying, how much more um, riskier is that? Is it better to take a car trip or load the kids on the ferry rather than take a plane?
1: Yeah, well look, um, I assume you have a lot more control of who's in the car with you, if, you're, if it's your car. Uh, a, a place like a ferry, I think, is a, generally a well-ventilated environment, and you can step outdoors and, and uh, ensure you're in a place where there's good um, through ventilation. Now, um, with aeroplanes, the big problem is when you're getting on and off the plane because once a plane is airborne, uh, its ventilation system starts to kick in and it's relatively efficient. Uh, so this is clearly a place where masks are useful.
0: So if you were getting over on a plane over the Christmas break, you would wear a mask, Professor?
1: Yes, I've just got off a flight um, today and I wore a mask um, during the whole flight and getting on and off as well.
0: The interesting thing, though, is when you looked around the plane, were you on your own?
1: Not quite. I was in a minority, definitely.
0: Yeah. So, aside from the mask, question about whether um, are there better seats than others on a plane in terms of spread of um, COVID and I assume uh, uh, other airborne illnesses.
1: I, I don't. I, I'm sure that it does make a difference, but I don't think it's a significant difference. Uh, the main thing is, as I was saying, is it's when you get on and off the plane is the biggest problem because you are josting often with lots of other people in a confined space uh, with very little ventilation. So that's the time to focus on the mask rather than I mean, it's still good to wear it during the flight. But, you know, taking it off for a cup of tea or whatever you're doing is not um, a, a big deal, I don't think.
0: Okay, seen as you are a mask wearer, someone is asking, how many times do you feel comfortable reusing an N95 mask? And do you know if they can be washed? Uh,
1: yes, well, I think uh, you can use them for many times. And um, as long as the mask is still fitting well, the elastic is still working and it's comfortable, uh, you can keep using it. And like most people now, I have a few of them and I just kind of recycle them uh, from one day to the next but they they can they can be used many times um, in general. I wouldn't be uh, washing them, but you can wash them in in uh, warm or hot water and dry them, uh, but I don't think that's going to improve their performance as a rule.
0: OK, so again, with um, Christmas shopping, uh, people inside side, heaving shopping malls and supermarket too, people have noted, more people in there at the moment. Um, how high risk is that environment? You have mentioned that you wear a mask on a plane and have recommended it on transport, but what about those environments? Where's the list of where you would wear a mask?
1: Yes, I would certainly um, consider using a mask um, in a very tightly packed Um, poorly ventilated uh, shopping situation. Uh, They're perhaps less critical in a big open mall where there's good ventilation and the the density of people is is, uh, um, not particularly high. But you're right, the Christmas rush means that you will be in situations, and this is where where there's a risk, and this is where judgment's needed. I mean, you have to really look at um, just the, the obvious things, the number of people, the amount of space you're jammed into, whether, whether there's a good flow of air and how long you're there for. And obviously, this is where you know, judgment is really important.
0: Do you think it would be easier? This is a question for me, Professor. Would it be easier if there was a mandate that made it clear about where people should wear masks? Would you like to see us go back to more mandated mask wearing?
1: Yes, well, look. the government has got that capacity to extend mass mandates if needed. Um, they're only required in health care and aged care facilities at the moment. I would uh, like to see them extended to public transport because people are in that environment for many hours every week, a lot of commuters. Uh, I think there is a case when the, we see the numbers tracking up, as they're doing at the moment, for extending it to some other um, indoor environments. But again, it's a, it's a balance now, I think.
0: And we're almost out of time, but people are curious, having tracked you, have you had it yet? Why not? Are you a hermit?
1: (laughs) (laughs) A bit of all of the above. No, um, (laughs) I I haven't had it yet. um, And um, I think I've been very fortunate because I've had, obviously, family members and contacts who've had it. Uh, I'm fortunate in having a job where I don't have to be at work every day. When I am at work, um, our whole um, department has quite a... Tight policy on mask wearing. Um, we some staff members have CO2 monitors, so they can look at the level of CO2 in indoor offices. And when it gets up around seven or eight hundred, you open a door and you just see the level drop. And it's a great tool for um, uh, because otherwise you are rebreathing people's air and uh, or the expelled air. It's just an indicator of risk, and it seems to work very well. I'm not aware of any transmission in our workplace.
0: Fascinating. Thank you so much for joining us. Professor Michael Baker, who's apparently a unicorn when it comes to catching COVID as well. Um, Hopefully there's some useful tips for you to use over the summer.